This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look back for Arfield. One up early. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. On the outside, he's Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Turfcast podcast. Uh, as you can see, it's me, Nathan, as you're starting to get familiar with my ugly mush. Joe can't be with us tonight. He's busy working. He's busy earning that dollar, uh, which is fine. I can step in and take over. Um, I'm joined by maybe a familiar face, maybe not, but I'm joined by one of, I'd say, one of Burnley's probably online, biggest online sort of commentators, Tweeters, vloggers, would you say? You're up there, you're doing a lot of good stuff. So I want to introduce Jacob Osfall. Uh, he does a lot of content online around Burnley, vlogging, tactics. So just just tell everyone where they can find you and what, what you do, Jacob, to start yeah. with. Yeah, get yourself in there. Talk about and football all round, tactical stuff. A lot of the stuff is what I'm trying to get into at the moment. I do vlogs every week with Burnley. Um, and yeah, it's just at Jacob Horsfall on pretty much every socials. And yeah, feel free to check it out. Yeah, yeah, go check him out. He's doing some good uh, tactical pieces at the minute, not just on Burnley stuff, but on other teams. It's it's really insightful stuff, and he's uh, yeah, he's doing doing really well. And 
I look forward to watching the vlogs because I don't have the confidence to do the vlog and I feel like I'm uh, I'm too old for that. So you, you can take the reins on that one, mate. Um, so obviously, it, this is the full-time show. Um, this from last night, we are looking back at the dramatic, chaotic, all-round good point, I think. If you said to me at the start of the start of the yesterday, you're going to get a point away from home against Forest, 1-1. I think everyone would probably shake hands and go, yep, fair play, see you later. But on the whole, I thought... We actually probably could have won the game. Um, the the balance of everything sort of swung in our favour quite a lot of the times, and we rode some good amounts of pressure. And and to be honest, it did take. I thought it took a wonder goal to beat us. I thought that's uh, that's pretty much what separated us. Obviously, minus a few other decisions that are out of our hands. But I think a Forest wonder goal from them is was the only way that they were going to score against us. So give us give us your overall thoughts on. The game last night summarise it as best you can for us yeah I think it's a really good point on the road like I mean mm. for going to the city ground and taking a point in our position is massive I think yeah. not many teams in the lower half will go to Forest and, and take a point as much as I do think we should have won the game if you asked us before the game would you have been happy probably would have said yes I did mm. think we were the I do think we are a better team than Forest, to be honest with you. When things get going, especially we saw we couldn't beat them in the cup. We saw we saw last night we can cut them open. And I think more so for me is it's a clear step in the right direction. Yeah. We've had times our season where we've very we've very much so looked open at the back. We've also mm. not really created as many chances as we would have liked to. Um, whereas tonight, uh, last night, sorry. We were all over them at times, you know, we really pinned them in. I don't yeah. think they were limited to zero big chances. Um, which is obviously massive in the grand scheme of things because it's not just about conceding. If you're looking at the further, they look yeah. further down the season, limiting them to such a limited amount of chances, boards well going forward in other games against the likes of Everton, Sheffield United, you know, them sort of teams that we probably should be beating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ma- massive point in the road. Should have probably been more. Do you see it's a point dropped? Not 100% sure. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good point in the road. And I think that will carry us a lot going into even just United. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, no, yeah, we'll uh, quickly jump in some comments. We've got some people uh, watching who, who usually join the show early on. So we've got Matt, good evening. First part of the board, I know exactly it's important to do that. Uh, we've got John, he says, good evening. Been waiting all day for this. Love that. That's, that's dedication right there. to Turfcast fans, that's what we want. That's what we love. Uh, Matthew saying, good evening. Hope you're well. Yep, all good. Busy day at work, grafting away. Tony again, I, Nathan and Jacob, so obviously I recognise you straight away there, so that one come in. The True Reds reared his head. He's, uh, True Red, he's a, he's a Forest fan, I believe, so he'll, he'll probably have some uh, interesting points and takes to uh, uh, to ch- chuck in there, so straight away he follows it up with uh, definite handball by side. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to that later on. I'll be fast with you on He says, good evening. Um, so yeah, I think on that note, I think what we'll do is we'll start I think we'll start and we'll get the negative out of the way. And I think for me, the only negatives on the game was the VAR and the officiating. I thought it was an absolute shit show, to be honest with you. It was it was all over the place. The referee tried to sort of tried to give it big and then stamp his authority early on and, and booking Trafford in the first couple of minutes just for like and he wasn't even doing it on purpose. He was just sort of just setting himself. The game's not in a real tempo. There's no reason for Trafford to slow the game down at that point. That doesn't favour us because we don't actually like to play, you know, we don't like to slow things down. We like to just get hold of the ball as quick as we can and get hold of possession. And I thought from minute one, I thought the referee was an absolute joke. And obviously it transpired to be. Um, so 
the the Trafford incident for me was probably it, obviously it was the beginning of an absolute horrendous performance. But what are your thoughts on that Trafford one to start with? Did did that change the tone early on? Did it make players you know? Did it did he just did it put the referee on his back foot basically for a minute one after making that first mistake? I think it. It's one of them where it's, it's not nothing, nothing massive. But as soon as he mm. does that, he's got the fans on his back already. Mm. Um, and I just think it's never really a good way to go booting someone so early, unless it's a serious, serious yeah. father. I don't think it's ever a good place to go really for a referee, as in it's just going to make him have a really hard night himself. Because then he's fighting yeah. against that. If he goes in half time and someone's gone to him, you know that wasn't a booking. It ruins the rest of the night. You know he's got that little tinge on, on the rest of his game. And I think it's soft to boot Traff early mm. on for. Not really doing anything wrong to him. I mean, probably yeah, could have probably took a quicker, but I don't think it was anything that was impacting the yeah. game or changing anything at all. So I do think for me it's harsh, but I mean at the same time, I mean he, he's enforced the rule there. Like I, I appreciate yeah. he's enforced the rule, but you don't do it on the first instance. I don't think no sane referee comes in there and goes first five minutes bang smack a red, yellow card out for that. He doesn't even warn him. He doesn't say hurry up. He doesn't like you know the refs usually do that thing that where they hold the hold the watch, don't they, to say, oh, I'm counting, you know, like, he doesn't even do that, he just goes, bang, yellow card, and then does that arrogant, shrugs his shoulders thing, and gives that stupid face that them, some referees do, and I thought, you've just lost the respect to the players there from minute one by doing that, and yeah. it would just, it, it, like I say, it was just a snowball effect from there, and I thought, leading on to when Forrest got their equaliser, for example, like, they, even though it, it went for us, it didn't, you know, they were, it didn't go for us when they were looking for stuff on VR, but it just felt like they were looking for any reason to to disallow them goals. Like, and I hate yeah, that. That's no, what I hate about it. No, there was they were looking for an offside that worked there. They were looking for a handball that worked there. They were doing anything they yeah, can yeah, to yeah. rule out a goal, and it just really, really knocked me off. I think even even I mean even if looking at the Awoni one, you know, I mean yeah. I think with both sides really, it's not just us that no. were well, not not. We were the ones that were on the receiving end of it, but yeah, at the same we, time, they were watching this awardee angle yeah. over and over again. They didn't have the angles to prove it, yet they still continued to watch it as if they were mm. going to be able to make a decision. For me, but the decisions, they got one big decision wrong and then they got one spot on, but yeah. it doesn't equal each other out because of how no. obvious one of them was, which is what it's built for. What VAR is yeah. built for is clearing out obvious decisions. And that red card on Foster was obvious. Was yeah. absolutely spot on. It should have happened, but that the off the handball of Van Berger was never. And the thing is, the thing that got me was Thomas Frank after the game said it perfectly. He said, yeah. "In that position, under the current ruling, it has to be a deliberate handball." It, yeah. And he said, "You can tell the officiate that anyone that's officiating them games have never played football in their life because yeah. when you're playing football to bring a ball down, you don't put your hand behind your back and just like." Like you to try and peck it or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to bring your arm up to try cushion it. What else is Sander Burge supposed to do in that position? No. You know, I, it's I just don't, mental to me. I thought um, I'm trying to try and get the nail on the head. I think last night. Yeah, I know. I agree. Like the 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 Sander Berg incident was was like a, a, it was a terrible decision. Like genuinely, one a really bad decision. But I'm gonna say I can see why it was given because he's just applying the what he's doing. Like he said, he said at the end, he's doing it in the game when he's talking to Bellamy. He's like. His referee's like moving his body and exaggerating the the what Sanderberg did. If Sanderberg had done that and moved his arm into the ball to stop it from getting to the defender, then yeah, fair enough. It's a, it's a, it's not a goal, but the, it's it's the defender's reaction that gets me. That he just lies on the floor and realizes 
shit, he's dumb here. Like, he doesn't even appeal anything. Like, he knows full well. And it annoys me that the VAR has stepped in and said, you know, like they've ruled out a perfectly good goal because they're just itching to... It's itching to rule something out. They want to find something. They were looking for something. Like, they just... I'd have thought, like, actually, it could have been a foul on Sanderberg. If Sanderberg hadn't have gone through, regardless of the handball, like, he was pulling around his waist. He could have pulled him down. So, like, do you look back... And that was before the handball. So, like, it's just frustrating. Like, I can feel myself getting wound up talking about it. <laughs> it really knocks me up. And it annoys me because we played so well. Like, we'll get onto the performance in a little bit, but we shouldn't be sat here... 11 minutes in, still talking about VAR. We should be talking about the lads, but that's the problem with VAR. It just puts itself at the front of the game and it makes it about itself. It was there to, it was brought in to enhance the game and allow and get more correct decisions right. And it just still isn't doing that. Like, at it's all. Inconsistent. It's just inconsistency, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we look at it. Another one that I want to look back on is if you look at Amduni against Man City, dragged down in the box, nothing given. Yeah. And then we look, I think it was, might have been. Brentford or something like that. Yeah, that same. It was Brighton the same weekend, weren't it? It was the exact same weekend. Maybe even the next day. It comes in the back of him. It's almost identical to what happened to Sanduni, but it's Mm. not against the top six and it gets given. And it's just one of the things where if you're going to give it one way, you've got to have the other way. That referee that was on the one that was on VAR last night actually refereed the Forest versus United game. Yeah, and messed up then as well. Um, and for the fact that he's, I mean, well, I wouldn't say messed up, but he, his decisions, I think, sending off the Forest defender, he got that wrong. Mm. And he's obviously gone and made another mistake last night. I mean, when do you start questioning his authority himself? Um, you know, company, if company was to do it, which we know he won't, he holds himself yeah. higher than that. But if company was to do that, he'd get a fine if he was to yeah, question yeah. the officiating. So then when does it become to a point where you can actually say something about how poor the officiating's been without instantly getting smacked with a fine? You know what yeah. I mean? That's the good thing about company, though. Like, cause I, as much as I agreed with what Paul Heckenbottom said last over the weekend, I don't agree with my manager doing that. I don't want him to ever lower himself to that because ultimately, I think the referees will probably sit in the dressing room and they probably will know they've cocked that up. You know what I mean? They probably will sit there, and, you know, and they're never going to go, you know, after they've done the decision or whatever, they're never going to go back and reverse it and put the ball back down the spot. But they're going to sit in the dressing room and they're going to know. So there's no point company coming out digging you know digging them out and then getting a touchline ban on a fine because it's just going to you know, hamper us so I thought he dealt with it really well you know he was really respectful in what he said which you know he's a better man than I'd have been so that that's a, a fair one um quickly we'll touch on the Lyle Foster one um a lot of people I think on Twitter there was like sort of a bit of a debate originally of the, it was wasn't a red card it was a bit soft there was actually should have been a penalty beforehand but I thought once I saw the second angle, in fact, I, on the first angle on the TV I was watching, it looked like a red card to me because he throws his arms in with such force that he can't be doing that. And people are saying, oh, it should be a penalty for looking like that. But if it should be a penalty being held, then Foster should, I mean, I think he should go down. Like, if you're being pulled back and being manhandled, elbowing somebody is not going to win you a penalty. That's what I'm thinking. And that's probably that... Premier League English game sort of gamesmanship that Lal's got to learn, I think, and it's probably a bit of a hard lesson that he's had to learn. This, yeah, uh, yesterday it's uh, it's the dark arts, and I mean, if you yeah. you're getting held like that for me, I said as soon as I saw, it, I said, "Why are you not going down yeah. there?" You know, if someone's holding on to you, just hit the deck. Hit yeah. the floor. Worst thing you get is you get booked a yellow card. Yeah. I mean, he's holding him. 
yeah. pulling them back. He is preventing them from making a movement towards the ball. For yeah, me yeah. personally, I wouldn't have. I don't think it's a penalty. Um, I no. don't think there's enough in it. But if he goes down, he gives the yeah. referee another decision to make. Exactly. We know the referee wasn't spot on, but it, it gives a decision rather than just elbowing him and just making the decision for him. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a competitive battle between the two. And if exactly, he goes down, yeah. like I said, it, it gives a decision where he just put himself yeah. in a complete wrong position last night. Um, but he knows that, and I'm sure he'll come back. It's a shame because he's been yeah. so good and should have had another goal. Yeah. And again, you can look back on if that goal's not unlawfully ruled out, yeah. then he doesn't get sent off. I know it's a shame that he's going to miss that because I thought actually the United game was looking like it was going to suit Foster really well. I think Foster would have had a go at yeah. Martin. I don't think Martinez or Lindelof or Maguire no. or any of them would have been able to no. handle with Foster and Anduni coming off him. I mean, Colly Osho is going to have a field day against in behind yeah. the a lot because of how attacking he goes as well. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, but I mean, I think we can cope. We've got enough players. Tra- it gives chance for Trazor to come in and kind of yeah get his set his stamp. So exactly, yeah. So yeah, so that's enough about VAR and officiating because it's boring. Because I thought we actually played really well. I thought on the whole it was a good performance, and like I said, we probably should have come out with the three points in the end. Um, so we'll move on to. The performances. So looking quick looking back at the first three games compared to last night, are, are you seeing any differences in the performance? Uh, what what yeah. what are your overall thoughts from the first three and last night? Because I saw quite a stark there a, contrast. There was a systematic change as well last night. I think he changed mm. it completely in the way he set up as in the Charlie Taylor coming in allowed us to build up in a different way. From yeah. this from this season anyway. I know last season we kind of built up in that very much so <laughs> we played pretty much a line of six at the front pretty much a lot of the time last season but this season so far we've looked very vulnerable in the middle yeah. we've had Cullen kind of playing as that lone midfielder because we're trying to play Berger as that number eight which he isn't really out and out you know he's not an out and out box to box midfielder yeah. so that meant that Cullen was exposed we we're trying to play Aldakiel further forward whilst trying to get a left back who isn't a left back to invert and it was just a it felt a lot of over complications for players that aren't ready for that level just yet yeah I guess it shows what we're going to eventually be looking to do under company, but right now we're not at that standard. Um, yeah. But then going against Forest, having Taylor come in allowed us to play as that kind of three-two, if you know what I mean. We had the three centre backs because Taylor took him in as almost a third centre half. Yeah. Then allowed Roberts to go further forward, which he did last season, and then allowed Brownell and Cullen to operate in the middle. And they just—I'm not going to say they dictated because they didn't early on. But mm. it offered something completely different. We were so much yeah. more solid at the back. For Brando was very solid, although he was sloppy in possession at times. Yeah. I didn't think he offered a lot in the midfield. His energy is brilliant. Ball winning was class. Um, and I think when you're partnering with the creativity of the likes of Sander Bergeron, then you know, you've got something serious going on there. because yeah. uh, he takes that energy from Burge. But yeah, last night the performance, the energy, the work rate, everything seemed just a, that little bit more complete. Uh, I mean, even players like Collie Osho look a little bit mm. more complete, um, ever so less raw, even though he is still yeah. very, very raw. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of improvements. I mean, Lyle, I thought, was a lot better, and he's been brilliant. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it has been a big step in the right direction um, for what we... Throughout the three games, I know we've had really three pretty naff performances, but you can see what he's trying to do. Like, you see... You know, there's a couple. There's quite a few teams in the Premier League at the minute that don't have an identity. You can't actually see what they're trying to do. Whereas, from minute one this season, I actually think we you can see what we're trying to do. Um, I thought probably in the first, 
probably the I'd probably say for a good chunk of that first half actually I thought we were actually quite sloppy on the ball um we held the ball well in like really undangerous positions but the second that we needed to break a line or make a decisive pass we just sort of lost it and played it away or we played it out for throwing or put it out for cut and just felt like it felt like we were potentially going to have another repeat of what we've been seeing um but thankfully what I put it, I, I do put it down to, I think actually bringing Charlie Taylor in, bringing Goodmanson in, bringing Brownhill in from the start offered us a lot of protection, I thought. Yeah. And I, a lot of, you know, like I, I said in the, the sort of like sat, chat I did on Sunday, that it wasn't a sexy sort of midfield three of what well, I wanted to, did want to see Cork in there originally, but the three that was on there were, did more than well, fine. But I thought just be a bit more pragmatic, keep us in the game for a bit longer and let our magic players work, work its magic and. That's what, to me, it looked like it, it was doing. It was working perfectly. I think, um, well, when uh, Gunmanson as well, Gunmanson and Brownell, both of them are a lot more, a, be- a lot better at retaining possession. Yeah. Which obviously Berger, um, and if you want to play Benson or someone along that kind of lines are a lot more direct, prevent us from being able to keep the ball as much. I mean, we know, we know how much Abduni likes to shoot. I mean, yeah. he's trigger happy. Um, and we know how much Colly Osho obviously likes to run at his man, which he did brilliantly. But, if we were to do that, we then need a balance on the other side. Someone yeah. like Trezor, Gunmanson, someone that's going to keep possession at times. And obviously, Brown will come in as well. He, he just yeah. wins the ball back, simple ball. It, it, it helped us be a little bit more stable in possession, a lot yeah. more balanced anyway. Yeah. It, it, I'm, not, I'm noticing a theme that it, it does take us a good chunk of time to actually find our attacking feet in the game, I think. Um, even just like playing out from the back and like I, there was times when I see Barry have the ball and he stood with the ball at his feet and he's like shifting it to the right shifting it to the left and he's looking and he's going like where am I passing it to like and, and it, you know that normally like like it's been proven a better team I think just picks us off and goes and gets a goal like which is what we've been found out that's been happening Um, so having that having more, them more trusted players in there them reliable more sort of I don't know, like <laughs> old school, but you know what I mean? Like a bit more of a traditional, simpler player. They protect the ball a little bit better and don't take as many risks on it. And it, again, it keeps us in the game. It allows us to make mistakes. It allows us to find our feet going forward, keeps us in the game for a lot longer, which is something that I were, I were banging that drum for ages of just keep us in the game for longer. Like I don't I don't mind losing 1-0 as long as we stay in the game as long as possible. You know what I mean? I'd, no yeah. point, like I keep saying, there's no point having a nice load of attacking players, but we're 5-1 down to bring on. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. I'd rather keep us in the game for as long as possible and bring these players on. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, is there anything you want to add about the performance or anything you want to mention? Any Before we move on to some individual performances. Yeah. Um... I think as the game got on, we kind of set ourselves as the better team, I think. Yeah. Um, again, I'm looking at the statistics here now. They didn't really create anything. Uh, zero big chances, zero big chances missed, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they had more shots, but then looking at them, they'd never really tested Traff, I don't think, um, who I did think was was very, very solid mm. last night. Um, we dominated in possession-wise. We completed more passes than them. Yeah. We looked overall more dangerous I think you could say um, but obviously again like you said some individuals that were, were, were brilliant but um, early first all, first half I think you could see we were missing players like, but we were missing that creative edge yeah. um, but I guess it's kind of again like you said the price that you have to pay to kind of get you've got to put your stamp on the game before you yeah. bring on them more flair players which once we find the balance of being able to have 
that better ball retention whilst mm. also having them direct players that are going to offer that goal threat is when we will start to seriously get going. Um, you know what I mean? Like, as in when we have, when we find a way to have players like Brownhill, Gunmanson, or them kind of model of players alongside yeah. having the goal scoring threat, I think that's when we will seriously get going. And last night going into the game, I was like, I just want to have a good performance. I don't care if we don't win a game until about November time. That's when I'm starting to get, you know, we should be starting to get into our kind of rhythm by yeah. then. But if we don't win a game until November, I'm not bothered. No. As long as I'm seeing good performances week in, week out, yeah. you know, something we can build on. Like Vinny said, something that we can take take from the game and step forward, which yeah. last night was... I think I think it was going to be going to be very big for a lot of the players individually. Yeah, completely agree. Um, it, it was much needed, and and I sort of sensed that. I know Vincent doesn't tend to get carried away too much with stuff, but I could sort of sense that he was relieved to sort of get that point on the board. I know, he, looking back, he will have thought he need, he wanted, you know, will have deserved three points because I think he did definitely we did definitely did deserve three points, but he just got that result in it we, we got the goal we, we got a point on the board it's sort of like right let's go from there we're no longer sat there with that big fat zero hanging over us it's something we can just take forward into the you know the next couple of games which we'll we'll come on to later on in in this chat about the the next few games um but yeah i thought it just felt it, it, I was wondering, it, this whole chat would be a very different chat if we'd have got that second goal wasn't ruled out we'd be going yeah buzzing best you know amazing performance we wouldn't even be talking about how like sloppy were the first half but you can see that the signs of signs of what company wants to do it, it's going in the right direction in it yeah and I think for me the eventual progression is Norm, had Norma single will come in mm. on midfield and be one of our best players as in yeah. I really really do rate him and I think He's probably one of the natural progressions for Josh Brownell. Yeah. Um, you know, that ball winner, as much as he's probably a little bit more technical than Brownell, uh, up kind of plays a little bit deeper. But I yeah. think when we're looking at ball winners, he will eventually be someone that comes in for Josh. Um, and then I think we'll have, you know, that Cullen, Burge, Masengo three, mm-hmm. which will be dangerous, I think, at times, because it's just yeah. full of creativity. And like you said, company clearly has his vision. And we know... When it gets going, we can we can be da- we can be a very very dangerous side. I think I think I, re- I was watching company's interview and he said um, right now the goal is to stay up. He said that's not where we plan to be. He said, but obviously that is the main goal is surviving. And then when we're looking at it, the long term goal is can we establish ourselves? Can we become that next step? Can we to get ourselves involved yeah. in them teams that everyone's talking about? Um, which is a goal to have. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, sorry, I'm just having microphone difficulties, so I'm just <laughs> in and out of what you're saying. But you know, I, I think yeah, it's it's that first building block, like you say, to move on to the next level. And like you said, it's not going to happen in game, is it? It's gonna, it's gonna, we're gonna look back at this performance, work out what we. It's just chipping away at the little things that we're correcting, and I, I can see. I know the results haven't shown it, but I can see progression from the first three games. Is we're correcting little things as we go along. Um, granted some of them were probably more simple than others and were glaring from probably the second game to be honest but again he's rectifying it he you know and the list of players we have to come back in like we're talking about you know we're going to talk about Charlie Taylor Sanderberg you know we've got players that haven't even featured yet like Masengo or Trezor Trezor had a small cameo last night we've got Aaron Ramsey wasn't didn't even you know didn't even make it onto the pitch Nathan Rem wasn't even in the squad like we've got a lot of players a lot of 
a lot of different ways to set up a team and stuff. So it is exciting. And I still think we're, we're just, like I say, November time is probably where we're going to see the Burnley that company wants to put out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm going to Bournemouth away. <laughs> that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. We're first one at season. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I hope so. I so hope so. Um, right, so look at some individuals. And I want to start with... I was going to start with Coley Osher, but we'll start with Charlie Taylor because... My man Jacob here was round the centre of the whole Charlie in, Charlie out, Charlie in, Charlie out. Give us your take originally, what you thought of Charlie Taylor first. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. I just want to put some no, context no, no. on it. And... I think when we're looking at the company system, it's something mm. that a traditional Charlie Taylor performance doesn't suit. Um, and it was always going to offer, we were going to have to adapt if we were to bring him in. And at the start of the season, if we were to play the system that we were playing, even just against Spurs, Taylor mm. wouldn't have worked because we were playing with both the fullbacks were heavily involved in how we were playing out, yeah. how we were playing on the ball. Whereas if you look at um, when we've actually brought him in now, was there's been a small adaptation to the to, to there's been a small adaptation to how we play. Um, it's kind of less involved of Taylor actually getting on the ball, more using him as almost a third centre back. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Um, and I think it's suits him a lot more. I mean, he did still have, I'm looking at now, 66 touches last night, which for Charlie Taylor, I mean, <laughs> unknown for for Taylor to have that much of the ball. Um, but yeah, for me, at a time, I didn't think he would have su- suited with, um, just because, like I said, the, he's quite one-dimensional, I think, at times. Um, you know, he's, he is very heavily left-footed. Um, but with the changes companies bringing in, I said... When I said towards the end of the window, I would be opposed to Taylor playing if he was to play as the third centre-half. I said it just after Forrest in the Cup, in which he did that. I said, if he was to come in, I would like him to sit players that third centre-half, you know, tuck it inside and allow Roberts to go back to what he was in the Championship, you know, being that bombing up and down wing-back, yeah. rather than trying to play him as an inverted full-back and getting him involved in the midfield, which, let's be honest, he's not that type of player. You know, he's not that technically... Elite, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but yeah, he, he proved me wrong, and I'll be the first to admit that I was <laughs> I was wrong because he yeah. he took step forward. He looked probably one of our better players, yeah. especially defensively. Um, and yeah, I do think he will still not be necessarily the number one spot when players like Vitinho are back. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if he comes in and impresses him or Vitinho, I'd be more than happy for it and not get someone in January if they obviously put the mark on it. Yeah, no, like I say, I think Charlie Taylor proved a lot of people wrong last night. I really did. I, I have sort of always been on the camp of not necessarily Charlie Taylor specifically, just more play left back at left back. <laughs> I think we were just that first, you know, the the City game. I'm not really judging because it's City. They do that to anybody. But the Villa game, like the holes that Matty Cash got, it was a joke. Like it yeah. was just happening over and over and over. Charlie Taylor must have sat and watched that game. And must, I'm surprised he was still at the club after watching that game and just thinking, what more do I have to do? <laughs> you know? To be fair, I think company was trying to take that step forward as in, yeah. I would play with an inverted fullback. Yeah. But to play with an inverted fullback, you've got to have the pretty much yeah. bang on profile. Yeah. Klopp tried to do it with Joe Gomez at the weekend. And Wolves just completely took the piss. Hmm. <laughs> um, so, so we're saying, are, we, are we blaming Ian Matson? Is that what we're saying? Is it Ian yeah, Matson's yeah, pretty much. So we, <laughs> these problems wouldn't have been there if we are, if we, if Ian just yeah. didn't beat Ian Matson. Like, come yeah. on, mate! Five minutes of the weekend against Bournemouth, grow up. You know what I, I mean? Know. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But 
there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I know. Uh, but no, I, I thought Charlie Taylor was, you know, it just, it just, it did, just did what a good left back should do. Was he? He's very. He was direct with the ball. His first instinct for me was to look forward when he got the ball. Was receive the ball, play out, and he, and he looked forward like a bit, a bit old school, like he used to do with Dash. He just found the channels. That was his job. But we never really had players like we did going forward like we do now. So it's a bit more effective. He was yeah. good on the one on ones. I thought. No one got a sniff down his side. He, sh- he he didn't let a single player get to the byline and cross it in, which I think was one of for, um, Forrest's yeah, he was, strengths. He was only drilled past once last night. Exactly. So fundamentally, like being a defender, for, first first and foremost, should be defend. Like he and, he and he was superb. He was good at that. Like I say, the big one for me was not letting them get to the byline because they like to get to the byline and whip it in and he just did he muscled them out so many times and a lot of the time he just screened and let players then bring the ball back and, and he yeah. just let us reset and he did a hell of a lot of good things last night and I was very very impressed by him Villa exploited going in behind and going to the byline massively yeah. that the yeah. Matty Pash goal was literally just hit the byline cut yeah. it back goal which I know we did it and it is I mean a yeah. lot of teams when you break a team down properly hitting the byline is one of yeah. the best things to watch, I think. But I we were making it so easy for teams to do it. Exactly. Like they weren't even breaking them down. They were just playing a through ball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Taylor definitely probably be the way forward. But I still think him and Vitinho will be in contention with each other. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe when we play the lower teams, we could see Vitinho potentially. Yeah. Just to, you know, like, you know, like your Everton's, if we're truly trying to pin them in, uh, yeah. it could be, could be the way. Yeah, I think like that. What- True Red said, you know, he was quite impressed with with Charlie Taylor. He's um, so strong performance every time they did the ball. He just stopped it. Um, yeah, just it just did his job. And I think I think company couldn't have asked much more of him. To be honest with you, like I think he, I think we knew his limitations in that system, and he's going to have them. Like players do have him, you know, big, he has imitations. You know, players do have limitations, and I think we played to Charlie Taylor's limitations, which was don't necessarily expect him to bomb up and down with the ball and whatever. Sorry. But what he did do, like I said, he, he was effective when he had the ball. He got the ball and he gave it to somebody else. That was genuinely, like, sounds so simple. He got the ball, head up, give it to a better player. And that's what he did. And he did it so well. So I want to say a big, massive shout out to Charlie Taylor. Cause we're going to probably rely on him until at least January now, aren't we? To be honest with you, looking yeah. at that performance, it, it, like I say, we've got a lot of tough games. There's not many lesser games in there that, you know, we've got, but, He's gonna to have to, you know. He's gonna to have to. 
give us some more performances, I think, before the end of the before the before January anyway, until we can maybe look again in that position and get the player that we do want that fits his profile. So but who knows, Charlie Taylor might become half line inverted fullback. I mean, I think we're gonna have <laughs> Vitinho and Taylor competing for yeah. it hundred percent. And I think if one of them two can put the put the mark on it, then why not, I guess. But yeah, I think more than likely company will go out and get one. I mean he, he wouldn't have spent all summer trying to sign one. The mm. perfect one, yeah. if it wasn't, and I think fullbacks in com- in the the future of company company system is uh, yeah. are going to be massive. I mean, you look at how vital they are to Pep. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, well, it's, it's, we got got to caveat it as well though that left backs are not hot; they're not easy to come by. Like no, no, buying, no. like even just getting an average one is very difficult in this current market at the minute. So, I, I mean, um, I wish we went for Kirkes, that one that went to Bournemouth. He would yeah. have been unbelievable. Yeah. And he wasn't even expensive. He was like 15 million, I think. Yeah. Um, honestly, I mean, he would have been unreal. It was a random one, but I thought if we could get eight and Ori at Wolves, I thought they might have like a look because they needed some cash. I thought maybe just just spend the 20 million on him. Like he's got Premier League experience. Like, but it, that was a stab in the dark. I don't looking at it when I did say it originally a few weeks ago. I thought, yeah, why would he come to Burnley? But Wolves sort of did need the money. I don't. He was one of them. Oh, I thought I, he would have been. I said that to be fair myself. I think yeah. it would have been a, it's more than more than solid signing. But yeah. um, at the same time, would Wolves sell to how much they needed money with yeah. Nunez, with Nunez going to yeah. City? I think yeah. I think Gary O'Neill going there changed that pretty quick because I, I was saying we should get him in the middle of Lopetegui leaving and yeah, all the, really yeah, all the issues. Yeah, yeah. But Gary O'Neill, when Gary O'Neill came in, I thought yeah, that's it. He's he's going to stay because he's going to be his system's going to be based around his wing backs. So he's, yeah, yeah. So. Right, well, from one left-sided player to another one, let's look at our star man at the minute, who's, like, barely old enough to drink, <laughs> Lucas Coleosho. Like, yeah. the kid's a joke. Like, an absolute joke. I have no idea, one, how we've got him for four million, two, how we've even got him. Why has he been playing B-team football and not one Premier League or even top-level championship team has took a punt on him yet? I have yeah. no idea. He's it's the fact he's, he's he made three sub appearances last season in Spain, yeah. um, and the fact company and the scouts have just picked him out. It is Brighton esque, mm. um, and I think he's probably putting himself up there for a valid shout of he is our best player at the moment. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe behind Lyle Foster because he he's. Not no, just I, I think without without Coleosho, then goals Leo Foster doesn't get. He's like... been involved. So if you the, the goal that was scored against Villa came mm-hmm. from Coleosho beating three players and cutting yeah. it back. He then assisted some... the one against Tottenham. Yeah, and then he also, I'm gonna say he's very he's unlucky to not get the assist against Forest. Um, yeah, he's Foster, the Foster got that assist. Yeah, <laughs> so it comes from my fantasy. I was like, yeah. he's his <laughs> I had Foster in my fantasy. He got an assist goal and sent off. Christ, he has made. It ruined my weekend. Um, but yeah, honestly, Colly Osho, unbelievable. I think he needs yeah. to work on obviously his link up play. Um, if he can get that better, then we 100% have arguably one of the yeah. most exciting talents, um, specifically wingers yeah. in the Premier League. Like, Company. The, the raving that he got last night as well. Yeah. Um, the, the I prefer it didn't happen so we can keep yeah, him for as long as we can. But, uh, I can see Chelsea way. putting a 30 million bid in, in the summer. Yeah, well, three hundred million <laughs> at their spending rate. Yeah, <laughs> no, Sky were purring over him, weren't they? Like they were, uh, they were really, you know, singing his praises, and the commentators yeah. kept saying how excited he were. But company mentioned a few weeks ago that there's a hundred million pound player sat in the dressing room at Burnley. 
Is it Corleosho? I think there's more than one. I think Zeki Amduni. So, from what I've heard, there's things like around the training ground. They say Zeki Amduni is head and shoulders above. Really? Um, and to be honest with you, you can see it technically. Yeah. When have you seen a player just so elegant on the ball? Yeah. Um, so good in the like, in the, the little tight spot spaces. The pockets, yeah. he can come deep if he has to. Can get it in the half spaces on the edge of the box. Stuff like that. He's just a joy to watch. And I think mm. when we get Colliosho linking up with him a bit more, which is yeah. going to be the natural thing with Foster up front, you'll have the sort of one twos in possession from Colliosho. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be dangerous. Yeah. And I think Colliosho could easily go for that yeah. 60, 70 million in a couple of years. Yeah. They, like what Flyover Fred says, eh? it's his 10th senior career appearance. Like been doing really, that to a World Cup winning right back. World yeah, exactly. Cup I was going to bring that up. Like the, that World Cup winning winning right back didn't have a clue what to do with him. Like didn't there, have a clue. There was one point Kolyosha gets the ball on the byline, takes a step to his left and just slots it through him, and Montiel just goes flying off pitch, and he's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the kid. What I love about him, like what I really really love about him, is he's he's fear. He just doesn't care. Like he has no fear. Like he just goes again. Even, Again. Even in the even in the games that were absolutely out of it, it's dead. Like games done, Tottenham specifically. He's still going. He's still trying. He's still running. He's just taking people on, trying to make people. Trying to. I just what I would like to see him do a bit more of is maybe just have a few more shots. I think he gets himself in good positions and he plays the safe ball, which is probably what company's telling him to do. But I'd maybe like to see him. You know, I play that Mares role where Mares would bomb down the wing, chop inside have a shot, you know, more often than not, he'd go in, like, because what'll happen is he'll either rebound off a defender or a keeper, fall to Amduni, fall to Foster, fall to whatever, like, but what he's doing at the minute, he can't fault, he's cutting inside, playing the ball across, and thankfully we've now actually got a striker that knows to be in the right position. He's very much so a, like a byline, byline yeah. dribble, like, he attacks the byline when, yeah. he gets, when he gets there, in behind, and you know the first, the first place Collie Osha wants to go is that byline, he wants to get yeah. as close as he can, Take the ball going out of play and just run at the defender because he knows it's a win-win situation. A majority of the time, Kaliosha is going to go past them, you know. Yeah. And if he doesn't, it goes out of play. We've got a corner, and I think he's just so good at it. And once again, he gets that final pass just a little bit better. Yeah. We'll see it so many times where you'll just hit yeah. the line, cut it back, Zeki or Foster are there, bang, goal. Yeah. Um, and it's the he's... fact for me is how many times he goes out of player. You know, you can tackle yeah. him, you'll go again. Tackle him, yeah. you'll go again. Uh, like completing four four dribbles last night, direct one on ones. Mm. It's very it's yeah. very impressive it, for it's, a, the, for a it's the, the cheek as well that he just tries to make people all the time as well. Like he doesn't he plays like he. I'm not comparing him to Phil Foden, but I'm saying he plays with that no fear. Like Foden to me plays like he's playing up park. Like he's just with his mates. He's going to yeah. try and meg him. He's going to try, you know, like knock it off side at wall and play it right. You know, that's what he feels like. Cole Osha wants to do. He just looks like he's just enjoying playing football and like yeah, yeah. I thought the pace was um I knew he was fast because I saw it, obviously saw it the first game of the season and like but that again I know what he did for that goal like the ball he had no right to get to that ball first there was a, no, no. A, the left back was covering the right back was covering him and then the centre half was coming round to cover and just mop up. But the fact that he gets ahead of it I, I, just, I was just so I was baffled by how fast the guy was. He's electric, honestly. He's the so energy quick. brings. The energy yeah. brings when we're, when we're in games, and he's yeah. he's another one of them players. You know, when we're going to be, mm. for example, United at home. You know, we're up against it. Yeah, we find Collie Osho. He gets yeah. the stadium going, and then that's yeah. when you 
I mean, you look at Bournemouth against Chelsea when they were they stringing on, you know, trying to get one, and mm. then they have them players who will beat one or two men. The stadium's yeah. up. That's when you start to get your your real yeah. big moments from Luka Kolyosha, and I think we're going to see a few of them. Chelsea yeah. at home, you know, United at home. When you've got, you think maybe we can nick one of your, you're hanging yeah. on, and then someone like Kolyosha beats one or two men, There's and then magic, yeah. you know, that's when it's that's when you'll yeah. you'll, you'll see Kolyosha at his best. I think you'll step up in them big games as well. Yeah. Um, even though he's only 19, he just has that. Like yeah. you said, he's got that confidence, the cockiness about him. Doesn't care. Um, yeah, he has that. It's not like, and not in a negative way, but he has that little bit of cockiness about him, as in he, he will he's just strut past someone. Yeah, and yeah. It's what you need when you're playing in, when you're playing it as a wing. And yeah. I think it says a lot that he's keeping Benson and Zaruri both out the side, who exactly. were, you know, top six players last season for us, 100%. And he's yeah. got them both sitting on the bench, not getting in over him. Um, <laughs> And the kid's Company barely old enough to drive. I'm excited, I'm not excited for him, but more like I think will help us as well. As I think the longer the season goes on, I think teams will see him as a threat and actually double up on him quite a lot, yeah, which yeah. is going to allow your Fosters, your Amdunis, your, you know, these other players to have a bit more space in them pockets. Because I know that works really well for Jack Grealish at City, that he's the, he's the player that, well, last season he was the player that, didn't you know? I would say didn't do much because he you know won the frigging treble. But he was on the pitch and he was just getting marked out of the game, doubled up on. But you did that at your own peril because it meant Bernardo Silva was there, Brian De Bruyne was there, Ford was there. Like it opened up pockets yeah. of space elsewhere because they saw him at such a threat. So while he's still being undetected, he's going to have joy. And I think actually when he does start getting detected and players, like oppositions are gonna you know, like be a bit fearful of him, it's going to actually allow other players to have more joy as well. I think the thing is as well, Kaliosho, you wouldn't put it past him beating two men. No, um, exactly. Before, no. you know, and he, yeah. I think with the players we have, we've got like the, the profiles that would really strive with that. You know, you've got Amduni, we're very, we are very free flowing across the attack. Yeah. So I think, you know, he just brings chaos Kaliosho is and he, he just runs everywhere, in behind, yeah. give it with his feet, give him at the touchline, Give him it running 1v1 and he'll just do something. Um, and I think, yeah, like you said, it will create so much problems for teams, yeah. especially if they try and man up on him. Two, two man up on him, sorry. Because how, how do you stop it when you've got a player that's going to be just as equally as good, Mike Trez, or on the other wing? And he's going to be doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, it follows on nice. So let's quickly touch on Trezor and his debut. How, how do you think he did in the, in the sort of, was it 20 minutes he got? Um, yeah. Not not yeah. long, not enough, not enough to make no. a, a difference. But he, he uses a bit of class. I think you can tell he's got that little bit of that little bit of class about him, which we knew he was bringing with him. You know, you don't have twenty four assists, uh, no matter what league you're in, unless you've got something about you. Yeah. Um, I think within first like five minutes of being on the pitch, he completed a first touch back heel pass and played a ball with his back. Um, <laughs> and I think he will be massive again because he does yeah. keep the ball a bit better, like. He's not necessarily direct um, as much as Kolyosho is, which I think Kolyosho's directness does replace that kind of teller, you know, yeah. running at, running straight at them. Trezor does bring that point where he can keep the ball. Um, and if we get, if company obviously gets him to find the perfect balance between the Gunmanson of keeping the ball, yeah. but also beating his man with the flair that, I mean, he is ridiculous on the ball. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so it exciting. Good. Yeah, it's so exciting to have players like that being integrated into the team you know yeah. we've got all this to come we've got you know the Masengo we've got Ramsey to come in we've got like Benson to sort of come back it's like it's so exciting to yeah, yeah. 
I, I mean, I don't even like genuinely at the moment. What, what who do you even start as your front line for me? United, it's going to be Amdouni, Collio, Sean Trezor. But when Foster's back, you know, do you, yeah. you go back to having the four up front? Or do you play Burge, Colin Browner? Or do you bench one of Collie Osho or Trezor or Amdouni? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a brilliant problem to have, to yeah. be fair. It's, let's say for the first time in a long while, we've not had this problem to have. It's always been oh, the same 11 from last week. Every, you know, So it's a it's a problem that I'd rather company have than myself. He can <laughs> deal with it because I wouldn't be able to pick. You know, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd mess it up. I'd cock it up. I'd, I'd try and get all of them on and like I'd do in Football Manager, just get as many attacking players on as possible <laughs> and see if it works. Um, but no, uh, moving on to the last player I want to talk about, I want to give a good honourable mention is I actually want to give a shout out to Sanderberg because... I have not been his biggest fan and probably has been one of his biggest critics on this channel. I've not really rated him in the games I've seen. I've found him to be quite laboured, probably out of it, um, doesn't have the fitness for me. But seeing him come on, not necessarily as an impact player, but seeing him come on and be that attacking midfielder that he wants to be. Because I know he, he was played a bit more defensively for Sheffield United. So seeing him in that more attacking role with an attacking purpose... But it, it, you know, it bore its fruits pretty much straight away within like ten minutes of him coming on. Obviously, the handball ruled it out, but he was getting, he was breaking them lines. He was pulling, you know, he was pulling their back, you know, their back four across the pitch. You know, it, it was very good. What, what, what? Give us your thoughts on Sanderberg and how you thought he played. See, I'm on the complete. I've been a Sanderberg fan from the very from when we yeah. signed him. You know, I think he's the perfect player for us. Mm. Um, but. I think he. I, th I think when we've been playing him, he's been hung out to dry. As in, we're not playing. We weren't playing him to his strengths. Company was trying to play him as a box to box midfielder, which yeah. he isn't. Um, and it kind of exposed him. And I think a lot of our fans then got on his back, which I did think was a little bit unfair because it wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, he was obviously doing the role that he'd been told of getting involved in that attack, which. I mean, the role company wanted to play, I mean, even an elite level centre midfield, I would struggle with playing yeah. as a number eight, number 10, and also almost playing as a double pivot at the same time. Like <laughs> yeah. any midfield, I would struggle for that, which is what I mentioned before, as in you can see where we are going to eventually go. But yeah. I think in a three-man midfield with Cullen um, and Burge and Brownell partnering as the two number eights is definitely the way forward. I mean, let's say Burge isn't doesn't have that defensive capability. Um, but Browno brings it, brings the energy which Burge doesn't like, you know, somewhat lacks. Um, mm. but the creativeness of Burge um is gonna be massive and it takes the weight off Brownell. And I just think yeah. last night the way he carries the ball is something that we've missed for years. We've never yeah. had a midfielder that can pick the ball up other than DeFore, and even then he was not yeah. as powerful when carrying it. Yeah, that that's what my beef was with Sanderberg is the games that he was doing it in, it didn't need to happen. One because we were three nil down, four one down. Like, like just think about it. Like, just settle down. Like, just be a midfielder. Just settle down. Retain the ball. You don't need to go on these mazy runs. You don't need to break. Like, we're four one down. The game's done. Just like, just have a bit more game management. And I didn't. Now, whether he's been told to do that, which he probably has or what, but I felt like he could have just. It wasn't doing himself any favours and he looked like he was just being pulled everywhere and in, in places where we were just going to get sliced apart right straight away. So, again, like I said earlier on, it, it's the stay in the game a bit longer, have the three midfielders to keep us more pragmatic and in the game a bit more and then it brings the players in to change the game and I thought Sanderberg did that 
perfectly. Like he changed the game really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, when when he came on, yeah, he had twenty five touches within about twenty yeah. minutes of being on the pitch. He had he completed eleven out of fifteen passes, completed every dribble he attempted, or that that was one. Um, yeah. Won both his ground duels, half his aerial duels. For me, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, when we get going, when we have our perfect system out there. Burge gets in for me. Perfect yeah. team. Burge is in that team 100%. And is it the yeah. the forefront of a lot of the positive things that we will yeah. do? I feel like now we've gone from being dash fit now to company fit. And I think there's a lot of players that are going to take a lot, a good chunk of time to get company fit. And I think it's more about not necessarily physically fit as well. I think mentally fit, like I think it company's level of game is very technical. I find a very high level and it takes a lot, a long time for that to sink in. You know, whereas Dash was very much, you know, you just got to run, you got to be fit, you just got to be physically fit to run, 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 which is fine. That's, you know, it works so well. But this time it's the both. You've got to have the physicality, but you've got to have the mental thing. And I think Sanderberg maybe is just taking that little bit longer. So, you know, like yeah. these younger players, the younger, the younger you are as a player, the quicker you can absorb information, which is why I think you're seeing your Fosters, your Coley shows, your Amdunia. I think that's where they're getting more joy on the pitch because they're absorbing this information a lot. And I think the younger ones will step in as well. And, and sort of, but the older ones, it will take a little bit of time and a little bit longer to bed in. But like you say, I think, I do think Berg will become quite an integral part in that midfield. Yeah, Once 100%. he figures how he's two in, you know, whether it's two pivots or one and, you know, one holding a one pivot sort of thing and, and whatnot going forward. So I think, I think to have a balanced midfield, yeah. we've got to either have, for me, I was a big fan of just playing Cullen and Masengo. I think would have been great, but obviously Masengo's still obviously not quite yeah. there yet. Um, I think give him some time. Too busy Instagramming around Burnley. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> hopping around Burnley. Let's just go take a photo with the chippy. <laughs> Get the training made. <laughs> what, what are you bet three six five for? Go to training. Um, just quick, quick pinting fans on me for game and that. Um, but yeah, I think when he. Um, for me, against Salfa, we should ha- we should play Masengo as the pivot. Um, but I think for a four-three-three, probably mm. suits us a lot more if we're going to try yeah. and play Burge and Brano much more balanced. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's get like I say, overriding opinions on the game. It's getting there. The it, it's starting yeah. to, you know, it, it feels very similar to this last season, whereas. Last season, we could get away with being shit against Blackpool. I mean, I'd say get away. We drew 3-3. But if we played like that against it, we know, like we have been doing, you get absolutely destroyed, don't you? You know what I mean? Like we have been doing. These teams are going to pick you off pretty easily. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy it's going in the right direction. The team looks to be gelling. Players look to be getting more and more settled. And again, we've got more team, more players to come back, you know, more players coming back into the team. And it's... That's the depth of quality just getting better and better. Yeah. Are there any other standouts you want to sort of throw a mention out before we do a quick man of the match shout? Um, trying to think. Trafford. I've yeah. Again, Fair one. I think he gets a lot of unfair stick. I mean, mm. he's not he's not as good as Murich, but he's better than Murich was at the start of last season. Yeah. Um, I think that's big for me. Is in he's going to get a lot better, and I think. You've got to trust it as in everyone stood against Murich last season. And don't get me wrong, I love Murich. I defended him from the start. I got in so many arguments. Yeah. It's quite a trend me getting in arguments over players, but I got in so many arguments of 
people over Mewich last season. Don't get me wrong, I love him. I think if we were to look at it right now, Mewich should be starting. But in yeah. the long run, Trafford is going to be better. And I think at the moment, Trafford is doing a job. Last night, I was impressed. Other than the yellow card, I thought he had a very solid game. Yeah. Made some good saves. Um, I think there was early on, he made a big save in about the 17th, yeah, 15th minute, which kept yeah. us in the game. Um, yeah. And I think as he develops, like you said before, you've got to get used to the system. He's yeah. gone playing from a League One press to be pressed by Erlen Haaland. You yeah. know, it's a big, big jump, which yeah. is partially our fault. And that's why we've got to give him time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think once he, and a lot of people kind of complain about him holding up the ball for too long, but that's exactly what Murich did. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what company wants him to do yeah he's um, been told to do that yeah I, exactly I, would, I would like to see him just sharpen up a little bit and not yeah but, yeah, yeah I know what you mean just, just, be more yeah, accurate I feel yeah. like just passing be a bit more accurate because I feel like he takes a bit too long to set himself ready to strike the ball like that's what yeah, it yeah. looks like to me which I don't know whether it's a nerve thing because I know it's not an ability thing but it must be a nerve thing or or he's doubting himself in his head, you know, there must be something. But once he, and I just like, I'd, I would like to see him, like what Murich did to the back end, just get a bit better command in his area. Because yeah. Murich was terrible at the start of the season. But he fixed yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. And it's going to take a couple of goals, but he was getting there. But I feel like we, you know, I'm, I, I like watching the goalkeepers and I do like to see a keeper command his area. It'll and come. I feel like that's one area we're missing out because we don't have a lot of height at that yeah, at the yeah, back, yeah. really. And I would prefer to see a keeper dominate that, you know, and. And I did think it was weird at some point as well, We just on Trafford, that we did actually leave him on his own with two Forest players around him quite a lot on corners and stuff like that. I don't know what that was about. Um, luckily, we didn't get caught out with that, but I thought that might have been a talking point if that if we'd have got yeah, caught out with that, worked. which I thought was odd, but who am I to we, judge? Um, I think it comes as well as, as he gets more kind of the relationship with his bat line improve. You know, as we get a bit more of a consistent bat line, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, we've not really we've kind of chopped and changed throughout because of Bayer not really being 100% there. Um, yeah. You know, Delcroix coming in and out, Taylor now coming into the yeah. fold. Um, once he gets his back line, you can expect him to yeah. go forward. But I do think we've just got to support him. You know, you've got to push him yeah. through it because, you know, there's points where he's making saves and people are chanting Murich at him. It can't be yeah. good for his, no. for his confidence, his mental health, any of that sort of thing. And I think... Yeah. You know, you can have your disagreements, but some yeah. things can go a little bit too yeah. far. But he will, he will be good. And I think with Murich, I love him and I hope he stays because he would be the best number two in the whole of the Premier League comfortably <laughs> yeah. as well. I know. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, just got, I, I do, I do feel I am still Team Murich still at this minute. I think Oh yeah, yeah. he's, he's the better goalkeeper on yeah. the whole. But... And I just I'm more the sentimental type that I wanted to see him get his chance in the Prem because yeah, he got yeah. us to the Prem. But I know why Trafford's playing because you don't sign a twenty million pound well, potentially twenty million pound keeper and sit him on the bench, do you? So no. I know why he's playing. The company believes in him, you know, so we'll just stick by him and just hope that like the games do get a bit easier for him and he steps into it. But just before we start talking about Man at Match, get your comments in on who you're thinking the Man at Match is and we'll chuck some on on the screen. So I'll let you go first. Give us your Man of the Match shout. Mine. Man of the Match for last night. I would have put Foster up there if he didn't decide to just <laughs> give him a right hook. Get um, people's elbow out, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's KSI, man. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Luca Caliosho. I think mm. he was untouchable at times as yeah. much as he gave away the possession it's part and parcel of being a direct winger you know and I think he was electric electric yeah. and I think we wouldn't have had anywhere near as much joy without his pace his movement his ability 
But yeah. 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 Comments trickling in. A lot of people saying Taylor, Collier Show, whatever. I'm going to give it to Charlie Taylor. One, because it was his birthday and he, I thought he played out his skin and I just thought he deserved it. I thought he he will have probably seen the comments and the rhetoric online. I imagine he will have done or it would have, you know, he would have found, he would have seen it, he would have heard what people were saying and whatnot and, you know, and, and he would have seen on the pitch what was going on and he would have seen the, the glaring situation with, you know, which he was like, we needed a left back in and we didn't sign one. So for him to just come in and just get on with it and and, him, and he just strikes me such a good professional, Charlie Taylor. You, you never hear him. He barely does any press conferences. He doesn't say anything. He just gets on with his job. And I thought he was superb. Like he did his job. He marked the players that he needed to mark. He mocked up when he needed to. For me, he gave a solid. He gave a solid eight out of ten for performance for me. And I think you, if you can carry a couple of players that will just give you eights, which I think Charlie Taylor will, then you've got a good base to go on. Um, yeah. For me, I'm I'm going to give it Charlie Taylor last night because he was superb. Um, have a quick look at some comments. People saying. Uh, Charlie Taylor, um, I'm doing this. Someone said I'm doing it. Fair one. His goal was very, very good. We're not even really touched on that. But his really goal was superb. To, to keep it down on the half volley, place it as well. Very good. That's what he's about. That's what he's about. I'm yeah. doing it. I think company said it. That is exactly what I'm doing. He's about. Yeah. Uh, we've got Cullen for shout. Yeah. Again, I like Cullen because we don't talk about him. If you're not talking about Josh Cullen, it means he's doing his job. Like that's what I. That's why I always believe if you, if if you're talking about Cullen, it means he's done something wrong. I think. But if you don't, if we can go, if we can go an hour and not mention his name, it means he's done his job. Which is yeah, good. I think um, I think I was happy because I think he started the season quite poorly. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially Tottenham, I thought he was very out of it. But yeah, last night he looked back to not sort of dictating how we play a lot more, set the tempo sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're just creeping up to the hour mark, so I think we'll probably wrap it up there. Um, we've got quite a busy. Um, couple of days, weeks on the channel. Obviously, we've got uh, United coming on Saturday, so we've got some pretty decent guests for that on the pre-game, and you know we'll be going on other stuff. So keep an eye out on that. Um, and then we've got Salford away next week. I know which a lot of people have been scrambling to get tickets. I fortunately have managed to get a ticket, so I'm delighted to be going to Salford away. I'm excited for that one. Um, but again, we're going to get some content out about that over the few uh, next coming days we'll try and cram it all and it's going to be a bit of a tight turnaround but uh, just wanted to say a massive thanks to Jacob for joining us um, you'll, you're going to see a bit more of Jacob on this channel I hope because I thought he's been brilliant tonight and I've been wanting to get him on for ages and it's just never worked We've, schedules haven't lined up so we'll hopefully see uh, see Jacob on here a bit more have you, have you enjoyed your debut on Turfcast tonight? yeah yeah thanks for thanks for having us yeah as long as yeah. it, uh, I'm, I'm a bit busy guy so uh, whenever I'm not I'm happy to come on <laughs> No, yeah, so uh, yeah, remember, don't forget to like the video. And if you've just joined us late on, um, make sure you jump straight on the YouTube channel because this will just be there and you can watch from the beginning if you're, uh, if you're desperate to see my ugly face again. Joe will be back with the pre-game show in the week. But again, appreciate for everyone for watching, for commenting, getting involved. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up 
about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.